0: This is The Business Breakfast with Owanda on Jazz FM. Online trading, currency data, money transfers. Craig Earlham joins me. A downside from the up of the markets now, a big down. This is about a number of warnings, isn't it? I mean, the landscape of the pandemic is changing, it seems. All the prospects of it are changing every day and the stock market reacts to that.
1: Yeah, it does. And it also responds to uh, the perceptions as well. And when you have the president of the United States coming out and completely changing his tone, we've got to remember this is a president that a week or two ago was saying he thinks the U.S. will be up and running again by Easter. He's previously said that they were going to have the numbers down to zero in no time. And he's now coming out warning that this is going to get really, really bad and it's going to be a really, really bad two weeks. Uh, That's a massive shift in tone and a massive acknowledgement uh that's, that the situation is far worse than he, he expected so even with all of this stimulus in the market As we've said before, all this stimulus is all well and good and it may help sustain uh, certain companies for a certain amount of time. But the reality of the situation is until we know what the full impact of the pandemic is going to be in terms of its toll on people's livelihoods, in terms of how long people have to stay indoors, it's extremely hard to be bullish even in this market. And I think what we saw yesterday was an acknowledgement of the fact that there's still a huge amount of uncertainty hanging over this.
0: Now, we need to tie in also the prospect of uh, mass um, unemployment. There are more job losses now. The rate is higher than it was during the financial crisis of 2008. The total is also higher already than it was during the financial crisis. And there's a difference, isn't there, between layoffs in Europe and furloughs in the United States?
1: Yes, the furlough is effectively building on what the government put forward which is paying 80 percent of salaries this was an attempt to stop unemployment permanent unemployment spiking so the uh, the alternative being to furlough these staff so the staff were not working but they were still receiving full pay but it means that when things start to move back to normal those same people come back and continue to do the same jobs it stops the process of unhiring rehiring potentially not rehiring uh so it's it, it's, it's a very different Thing, uh, but what it does do is it does hugely um, inflate various uh jobless figures that we're going to see. Now, last week the U.S. jobless claims we saw a tenfold increase in the number of jobless claims, more than a tenfold increase from the week before, and it seems that we're seeing now the same in the U.K. It's not entirely surprising, but we have to again, we have to take it somewhat with a pinch of salt. It's a warning of what could come. But it is also uh, extremely inflated uh, by the, the, all of these things which are going to be impacting in the near term jobless
0: figures. In, indeed. I mean, what we need to do is drill down into these figures when they're actually out and talk about whether these are actually temporary layoffs or permanent ones, don't we? And in Europe, they tend to be temporary ones with the promise of employment as soon as things improve.
1: That's exactly what we need to do. Uh, It's going to be difficult to do that right now because I imagine there's going to be a number of... I mean, you're still hearing reports of people being laid off even with uh, this new government scheme. So the, 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 the overall unemployment, the structural unemployment figure is still going to rise. And then there obviously is going to be those who have been furloughed now. But if this lasts three months, six months when does that become permanent unemployment Uh, and how many of these companies or how many of these staff are currently furloughed by a company that is struggling to get access to this government support and uh, is one of these companies that we're we're being warned has two to four weeks to survive whose staff will then become permanently unemployed so there's a number of factors which are going to weigh into this but this is just a warning of how bad it could get
0: and also, it'll strain the state back, uh, state backed, <coughs> excuse me, wage compensation scheme, won't it? Because clearly, with the, I mean, the, one of the organisations is saying that half UK companies will lay off staff, and some of those companies will lay off all of their staff. So there are all sorts of wrinkles in all this. It would be, it has been, as we've seen in every kind of figure related to this, almost impossible to predict the reality, of what actually happens.
1: The data has given us an indication of how many people are being affected rather than how many people are becoming unemployed or how many companies are going to go bust, but just how many are overall being properly affected at this moment in time obviously that figure could significantly deteriorate over the next two to four weeks uh, depending on how well these other these uh, these other these other government schemes do work and then after that then you will start to see real strains um, which is why it's going to be so important that the government needs to continually address the issues that many of these small and medium sized businesses are having for example uh, we talked about this on the show the other week it sounded great these schemes which were put forward by the government in order to support small and medium-sized businesses the real test of it though is going to be its accessibility uh, the ease with which businesses will be able to uh, actually utilize these loans and how long they will have these loans for what kind of interest rates they will have on them and how sustainable these businesses will actually be uh, as a result well the early signs aren't actually that promising it seems that businesses are finding it extremely difficult even now uh, to uh, to have access to these loans, So this is something that the government's going to have to continually monitor, continually pressure these banks to make sure that
0: these schemes are being used in the way
1: that they're intended.
0: A, a monumental move yesterday, really, about the banks cancelling dividends. That's quite a big thing, isn't it? Because dividends help um, equities uh, perform better than most things if you are just allowing them to run for you over the years. Who's next? I think this is hopefully, ideally, going to be
1: a largely symbolic move. What the Bank of England uh, and the ECB and uh, the Reserve Bank of New Zealand overnight as well is saying is we think it's wrong that billions and billions, uh, to use a Trump uh, Trump phrase, of pounds uh, are being handed out uh, at a time when we are cutting capital buffers, uh, when we are cutting interest rates, when we are offering banks uh, incentivized rates to lend to uh, the to small and medium-sized businesses, and at a time when the economy needs them. Uh, uh, the ECB stressed this quite well, they said, uh, they said L- in the last financial crisis the banks were to blame, well this time we want them to be part of the solution and if banks are handing out 7 8 billion pounds uh, in dividends and another 7 or 8 billion pounds in uh, in in, in Um, bonuses uh, to uh, high level executives then it really does send the wrong message and should the worst case scenario arrive uh, and all of a sudden these same banks are coming back to the government's cap in hand then politically it's it's, it's devastating so I I think it's the right decision and they're not saying that these things are suspended indefinitely they're saying by the end of the year things could be a lot better we don't think you're going to need access to these funds and then they can be handed out at a different time but right now it's Inappropriate to be throwing billions of pounds uh, off your uh, out of your uh, available funds um, to investors or workers or alike.
0: Or, or no, no question is it that the the banking sector is under pressure to rehabilitate itself after the financial crisis in two thousand and eight.
1: Absolutely, and this is it's been given a massive opportunity from a PR perspective to. Remind people what function they serve in society, That to remind people that this is not just this high flying city banker uh, profile that we that we um, we, learnt, we saw in 2008 and that we've seen in various films, for example, since that they actually serve a function in society and that they can help um, help prevent devastation uh, in an economy uh, due to this th- th- this unprecedented one-off event uh, and that they can actually be part, as the ECB said, I think their wording was very good, part of the solution rather than part of the problem. Uh, and I really think that banks should take... Really grab, really take hold of this opportunity, and I think a number of them will. But again, as I've alluded to earlier in the show, there is already stories um, which highlight how difficult it is getting access to this government funding. Uh, I believe one of the difficulties is that they the companies have to apply for a loan first, and sometimes these loans are being offered with very high interest rates. This is not going to help the PR uh, of, of many of these banks. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of this needs to be fine-tuned. But I think banks have a real opportunity here, and I think this was an important first step. And I think central banks leaning on governments in this way uh, was also, um, uh, but also giving them the opportunity to do this voluntarily, uh, is also uh, is also an interesting uh, and good first step as well.
0: Lord King, uh, Erstwhile Mervyn King, Governor of the Bank, former Governor rather of the Bank of England, asked a very important question yesterday. It's something that you and I have touched on, but it's it's now in 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 the full um, light of of uh, everybody's cognizance, and that's the exit strategy from all this. Now, I don't expect you to provide an answer to that, but these are very important things to discover, aren't they? Because he says that if there's going to be months of lockdown, then there'll be a rebellion about it. And you can you can sort of sense that, can't you? People will say, you know what, You know who are we actually taking this advice from? There'll be all sorts of questions about that. I know we're in the middle of a, a testing crisis now, but news editors are hungry people. They always you know, tell me something I don't know and all the rest of it. And I suspect that exit strategy issue will become an issue um it's a very difficult one it applies to every kind of decision that big decision like this that's made doesn't it commercially uh, and also governmentally
1: well i think i think as far as governments are concerned an exit strategy would be a nice thing uh, to be dealing with right now uh, and they, with this being uh, an unexpected unprecedented event um, we are still in the midst of the prevention uh, or the uh, uh, dealing with the the, the issue uh, The exit strategy I, I imagine is something that they are working on but because of the unpredictability of how everything is evolving on a day by day basis. Um, uh, you know, the, the, there's probably an enormous, enormously wide range of potential exit strategies, depending on how the next two to four weeks does ultimately materialise. So it will be a good problem to have when the when the time comes that they are dealing with it. Ultimately, uh, as as Mervyn King's alluded to, and as you've just alluded to now, I don't think the government will know what it takes. its exit strategy truly is. I think it's fully focused right now on 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 trying to mitigate the downside effects uh, of this coronavirus that's going to be far more permanent. Um, we're talking about, we're here, we are seeing numbers like 20% of small and medium sized businesses could go bust uh, in the next four weeks. These are frightening, frightening statistics. Uh, and I think that's very much going to be the, uh, the entirety of the government's focus, these types of problems, um, and hoping that the exit strategy will effectively be made easier by the efforts now to deal with the
0: situation at hand. Greg Ellum, thank you very much indeed.
1: The Business Breakfast on Jazz
0: FM with Oanda. Online trading, currency data, money transfers.